0: Last week, we discussed C.J. Stroud and what he is as a pro prospect and where he might fall in the NFL draft. This week, it's all about Jackson Smith and Jigba, the talented wide receiver at Ohio State. Will he be a first-round pick? How high will he be picked? We'll go over all that today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes.
1: Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team... Every day,
0: what's up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to an episode of
1: Locked
0: on Buckeye for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday, April 6th in the year 2023, and today, once again, with us, it's my guy Ryan Roberts. He is a draft scout, you can find him at um, Rising Draft Scouting. He covers recruiting for Notre Dame, and I, uh, um, at Notre Dame as well and uh, he's a busy busy man this time of year different shows he's going on vacation soon adding a youngster into the world another kid to his family busy man and I love having Ryan on the show not only because we get along we're buddies but he really brings great insight to what to expect this time of year as the NFL draft is literally less than a month away Ryan welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes
1: I appreciate it, Jay. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you, as always, for having me back on. I know, like you said, it's a little bit busy. I'm less than two months away from a new baby. I'm less than a month away from the draft, but excited to be here, as always, man.
0: Man, it's it's a busy time. And I'm just thinking about, like, what's going to happen over the next few weeks as a a player like Njigba will be going on different visits. A player like Jackson Smith and Njigba will be possibly... Making money and raising his draft stock and Ryan, I don't say that too often to about guys this time of year, but him taking time off, not time off, him being injured in 2022, and then the combine performance, the pro day performance, performance kind of reminded everybody what he is as a receiver, his route running, his acceleration, his quickness. And he's a guy, Ryan, that if I need a receiver in the first round, I am thinking, do I go O-line protection? Do I go quarterback or do I go receiver? Do I go best player available? So there's a lot of thoughts going on to, going into Njigma because what we saw in 2021 for this young man, Ryan, was special.
1: Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was one of those situations where, you know, you had the attention obviously was more on the older receivers Correct. in the room. And I mean, when I say older, it's, you know, one's a junior, one's a senior, right? But it, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson obviously took a lot of attention off of Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he was able to take full advantage of obviously his one-on-one opportunities, working out of the slot. And I mean, everybody remembers the game against Utah to end the year, right? Where he had over 300 yards in in the bowl game in 2021, right? So he, he is a very talented football player who took advantage of being around some other really good wide receivers. But at the end of the day, man, you don't have over 1,600 yards receiving in, in a season in college football on the major college level in the Big Ten, working against some of the better defensive backs in college football if you are not very talented, right? So we saw that in 2021. I think people forgot about it a little bit because, you know, he was hurt in the first game against Notre Dame. He misses a few games. He come, tries to come back, doesn't quite have it and has to kind of shut it down the rest of the season. But people forget that he is a very good football player. But I think the uh, – Pro Day and the combine performances, man, have started to remind people a little bit the why we were mocking him in the first round before the season started.
0: It's weird. It's really weird because I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. I don't normally think guys can make that much money this time of year. Like, you're literally less than a month away from the draft, and – Most NFL teams, even during the season, they are doing their evaluations. They have guys at the games. They're scouting you. They're doing their homework. They're digging into your history. They're trying to figure out everything about you as a player and a person to see if you're the kind of guy they want to add to their roster. But when a guy like Njigba at the slot position was seemingly kind of a guy that was just a do-it-all kind of guy, now, granted, I will say, one thing I love about him, Ryan – The two games where one of the top guys, Alave or Wilson, were out were his best games of the season. One against Nebraska, 15 catches, I think 240. um, Two receiving, two touchdowns in that game. Then the Rose Bowl, was it 15 catches, was a 300-plus through the air. I forget how many touchdowns he had. (laughs) But it was just like one of the things where it's like when he was the focus, Ryan, he was killing it. Now, granted, you might have have been able to say he was going up against a running back because Utah put a running back at defensive back. Okay, like. that's context. I love context. So we have to put that in there, but he's still so special and him as a football player, you don't see it very often. Does that translate? Like before we get to the eval, do you think his game translates to the next level?
1: I do. I do. I I think that there is, he's, he's role specific. I don't want to say scheme specific, right? Because I think that there are some attributes that he has that can work in a short intermediate and, a deep level threat in an offense on the next level. But I do think he's role specific and obviously we'll get more into that, but I do think he's a slot receiver. I do think that that's where he's going to best fit. I don't see much ability for him to play on the outside on an extended period of time. Like, yeah, everybody, you can't play in the slot a hundred percent of the time, right? Like there's going to be some times where you're going to have to play, you know, whether you're an X or a Z or whatever it might be kind of anywhere in between, depending on what the formation is. But I do think that there's a little bit of a role specificity to to him, which is fine. You know, that doesn't matter anything. You know, we'll get into a comp that I've had for him for a long time, and people, some people, I think, kind of look negatively about the uh, at the comp that I have on Jackson Smith and Jigba, But I think it's actually more of a plus and kind of a you know me being very optimistic with his role at the next level. But yeah, I think there's some role specificness to what he's going to play at the next level. But that does again, that doesn't mean that he's not a really good football player in that role, if that makes sense.
0: If you could take some
1: time and just dive into
0: who he is, what he is as a football player.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, he is, like I said, he is the prototype slot receiver for today's game. He really, the best parts of Jackson Smith and Jigba, in my opinion, are his mental side of the game. Because he is physically a very talented player in the sense that he can change direction well. He has good body control. He can work through contact, which is really nice. More from a route running, working through contact than a winning in the air perspective. But the biggest attributes for me, Jay, is that the kid is just so crafty for his yeah. young age, man. Like he understands spacing. He understands how to settle in soft spots. He understands how to attack leverage. One thing that the Ohio State receivers all did really well in 2021 that was super consistent, and I'm talking about Wilson, Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, is they understand how to attack blind spots really well. And there was, I don't think I've seen anybody in the last few years that was better at it than Garrett Wilson, but Jackson Smith and Jigba knows it really well. He understands that if I attack a blind spot for a cornerback, that's going to make them react, and that's going to make me have an easy, open opportunity to get in and out of my brace and then ease into some easy acceleration and be able to create some instant instant separation. I think that's his biggest attributes for me is that he understands how to attack defenders properly, he understands how to settle in zones, and he understands more than anything how to out-leverage people for the football. So he's going to create a lot of instant separation from a short intermediate perspective, I do think that parlays to playing in the slot the majority of the time, which is what he did at Ohio State. Like, he played in the majority in the slot in general. And I think that kind of really translates to the next level because that understanding of how to attack defenders, but also how to attack spots, how to attack soft spots and zones, that thing is advanced, man. Like, he has a really advanced understanding, despite only being probably 21 years old, I think, at this point. He really is a very naturally gifted player from just kind of a football understanding of where to attack on the field.
0: When it comes to a slot receiver, does he have the body to withstand? Now I say, I'm going to stop real quick. Yeah. All I'm about to say is, is me kind of growing up and I know the game has changed, but, you don't have slot receivers going over the middle trying to, any receiver, Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, doesn't matter. You don't have receivers going over the middle having to hit, get hit by a Ray Lewis or Brian Dawkins or Ed Reed. That's, those days are long gone, sure. but you still have to endure some pretty brutal hits. It's just the type of hits they could do back then. You Those things are kind of being outlawed in the league right now. But Ryan, yeah. do you think Injibwa's body can withstand the
1: hits that a slot receiver might take week in, week out in the National Football League? I do because I think that there are different types of slot receivers, right? Like it's not all the same as far as – like there's some guys that feast through contact, right? Like you think of like Debo Samuel if he's inside the slot. I think about Golden Tate's who was obviously a great receiver for the Lions a few years ago. He was more of a physically put-together yak guy that's going to break tackles and almost turn into a running back when he gets the football in his hands, right? So they're feasting through contact, but then there's other receivers – like the Keenan Allens of the world, who's actually my comp for Jackson Smith and Jigba, who are, I, I would call them slippery, right? Like I would call them, like they're they're not the most densely built wide receivers of all time, but they just understand of how to not take massive shots, how to find easy, easy opportunities to get in and out of breaks, how to find easy spots in zones, how to just kind of slip through coverage. Like th- there's kind of a, a subtleness to how they play. I've seen Jackson Smith and Jigba more than adequately enough work through contacts on the college level. And I think that he's one of those guys that yes, he's not going to be this densely built slot receiver that is a Debo Samuel S player after the catch, but he understands how to be a slippery player after the catch, how to avoid contacts. And I think that sometimes we 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 don't give enough credit to that, right? Like I even it's a different, completely different position, but I remember Warwick Dunn was a really good running back back in the day, Jay, and it was just like he's his size didn't matter to the running back position because no. he was so slippery man like right. he understood how to maneuver his body and not take massive shots And i think that's what jackson smith and Jipa understands how to do is to really avoid that contact sometimes but he does have the enough physicality i mean he's six foot and what do we have six foot five eight 196 pounds so he's not the smallest receiver of all time right like he understands how to withstand contact Never going to be a guy that's going to win in the air consistently, but as a slot receiver, that's not really something that you're going to be asked to do a ton either, man. Like he's just going to have to withstand contact enough and be able to avoid contact. And I think he could do both of those things.
0: This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Ryan, you've been doing this for quite a while, and you've seen guys that are high-caliber-type athletes and talents get injured in the season prior to them getting drafted. That's what's happened to Njigba. So I'm curious. His, I believe it was a hamstring injury, um, played against Notre Dame, came back against Toledo, came back against Iowa, didn't play a complete game all season long. NFL coaches and executives and even the medical teams, they're seeing, hearing about testing the medical, the leg, the hamstring, seeing is it fully healed. It looks fully healed now, but hamstrings yeah. can be tricky. How should a team go about trying to
1: draft, whether to draft in Jigba based off the injury he suffered a year ago? I, I don't think it's going to be a massive issue for people. I really don't. It's not structural damage, right? I know right. that there is some, look, for, for those types of, nagging injuries, like hamstrings or just, I mean, generally like quad injuries, like those types of like lower body stuff that maybe isn't structural, but just can be nagging. And I mean, you, you have seen, I will say this hamstring issues can plague people for like yeah. for the course of their career. Like it's yeah. not something where it's just like one time and it's done all the time. But I think as long as it's not structural, people will be able to be on board with it and be okay with it. Right. Because it wasn't even something where, it's one hamstring injury, right? Like I don't know the full medical history on Jackson Smith, the gym going back to coming out of tech, you know, high school in Texas. Right. But if he hasn't had a history of consistent issues with that hamstring, I wouldn't, I wouldn't value that. Or I wouldn't have too much question marks over that. Right. If it was a consistent issue where it's like he missed a game or two as a sophomore, he missed a game as a freshman, he missed some games in high school then that's like a that's a recurring issue right but just having the one issue as long as it's behind him and you're able to just kind of look at it and just say like that was just a you know an a unnecessary thing that happened and then he wasn't able to get back on it quick enough and he maybe came back a little too soon at points in the season that he probably shouldn't have even tested it out i think that you just kind of notch that as like that's just a one time off unfortunate circumstance but as long as it's not a recurring issue during the course of his athletic career I, I tend to not make those things as big an issue as possible.
0: Ryan, uh, there was a time I was a guy predicting that Njigma would be a second-round pick due to the injury, like simply yep. due to the injury and his limitations on the football field. Some I, I told you before we started recording, you'll talk to some guys. He can play outside. He can play slot. doesn't matter. He can play all over the field. Ryan's been pretty consistent last before the season, right now going into the draft. Ryan, both times, talking about Jigba, it's been slot receiver, but he plays it very well. He's, he's, yep. an, he's exceptional at that role, which isn't a problem, not a problem at all. But I was kind of a second-round guy, limited on the field, um, and I thought that was why it was going to put him into a second round, knowing how good he is at receiver. I've seen a lot of first-round stuff for him lately, more so – uh, i see seen as high as number nine in a mock draft to the Chicago Bears that was post trade with the Panthers. Um, I have seen 15, I have seen 20, 25 in that
1: range. Where do you see Njigma going in this year's draft? I think he's going to go top 20 to top 25, somewhere in that ballpark. Like, I, I think that he has a chance, Jay, for me to be the first receiver off the board. And it's a combination of things, right? One is, that there's a lot of good film with Jackson Smith and Jake, but we've talked about, right? There's a lot of good film there. Number two is that I think that he really checked boxes from a testing perspective, you know, like, the the four four eight to four five two that he ran at the pro day, I think there's some grain of salt with that, right? Because guys are always going to run faster at pro days than at the combine. But regardless, I thought he was gonna be a, a low to mid four five type of guy, right? Like four five three, four five five, somewhere in that ballpark. So like that's a that's a check box. The short shuttle and three cone are fantastic, man. Like you look Dude, at that those was insane. numbers. It was insane. I mean, the, the three-cone that he ran, I think, it was like 662 or something like that. <laughs> it's an ungodly number, man. Like, if, I think the record's like 64-something. So, like, 66-something six, six is an absolute just nutty number, right? So, he, I think, really just checked a lot of boxes from the testing perspective. But more than anything, he was able to compete, which tells you he's healthy, which is a big thing for him. But the other reason I think he has a chance to be the first receiver off the board and for the demand to go a little higher on Jackson with the Jigmas is because it's not a great receiver class. It's not. Like... There was, and you date back to the, the summer, man. I thought Keyshawn Boutte from LSU mm-hmm. was going kind to of have a chance to be a dude. I mean, he's fallen off the face of the earth. I w- I don't even know if I would draft him at this point, with just all the stuff that you hear about that yeah. and the testing numbers and everything. I'm just not sure I would. Quentin Johnston is a very volatile player. Like, you could convince me that he'll be the first receiver off the board. You could tell me that he's the second or third, and I would believe you. Like, I think there's a little bit of volatility to him. Zay Flowers, a little bit smaller, obviously, out of Boston College. He's a little bit role-specific. Joshua Downs is a guy I like, but I think that the NFL is valuing guys like Jackson Smith and Jibba, Quentin Johnston, a little bit more right now. So I look at that, and I say there's a lot of uncertainty up top and just in this wide receiver class in general. And one thing that Jackson Smith and Jibba brings that I think NFL teams are really going to gravitate towards is he has a high floor, man. Like, he yeah. has the highest floor of maybe anybody in this class. Like, Quentin Johnson maybe could be a superstar. Or he could be Kevin White. Like, there's not much in between on a guy like a Quentin Johnston. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a good football player in the NFL, right? Like, it's going to be in the Robert Woods, Keenan Allen type of vibe. As far as nothing dynamic, really, but just really good players, man. Like, that's just what they are, right? So... I think that you're looking at a situation with a such an uncertain wide receiver group in 2023 that teams, I think, are going to value the floor of Jackson Smith and Jigba, which is why I think he could be the first receiver off the board. I think he'd go between the first top 20 to 25 picks. So you're saying
0: that there's a chance, and I say this because it seems like every receiver Brian Hartley puts into the NFL – has a chance to be a better receiver than Hartline was in the National Football League. <laughs> not trying to be funny at all. That goes yeah. to a testament about how good of a coach Hartline was, because Hartline wasn't a bad receiver in the NFL. Like not nice, horrible though. at all, but yeah. he was just a solid, solid guy down there in Miami. But it sounds like he's going to put another guy into the NFL in and Heartline, who once again, once that player gets to the league, is going to be better than Heartline was. Pro, I mean, and Jigla could be a multi-time Pro Bowler, um, All Pro. I, I, I don't know, but it's possible that. If you go to Ohio State, you're not just going to be really good in college. You're going to get paid in the National Football League. So really kudos to Brian Hartline for what he's doing at Ohio State. And uh, uh, I hope he stays for a long time. I heard him on busting with the Boys. And his career aspirations are to eventually be a head coach. And he would love to be that at the NFL level. And Ohio State, Ryan Day, everybody else there is like, no, stay in Columbus. Stay <laughs> in Columbus. But I get it, man. Like, Hartline's just that dude. And, and Jigba being what he is as a player. And everything you just said, I, I got to give credit and just give kind of the flowers to Heartline man. And all right, I don't know what you think about him as a receivers coach. I don't really do this much on the show and show yeah. appreciation to a coach, one specific coach. But dude, it's been special. And I know when you covering recruiting for Notre Dame, you're, it's kind of a back and forth. Like you, can, you Notre Dame wants elite guys too, but the elite elite receivers, it's like Notre Dame wants them. They're going to Columbus. There's a reason why.
1: Ohio State can get any receiver they want in from a recruiting perspective. And why can that happen? It's because of Brian Hartline. It's because of that. It's because of the track record that he's building. I mean, even if they'll get 2024, they already got commitments from Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham. It's like, that's pretty dang good, man. It's really, really good. Um, I'll say this about Brian Hartline for me, Jay. It's going to be one of those situations I'm thinking about to the 2021 version of the wide receiver room at Ohio States. You, you know, I, my favorite thing to do is always look at like the 2001 Miami roster, right? Where you're like, look at that running back room, man. They had Frank Gore and Clinton Portis and Willis McGahey and, and Jared Payton and all these great running backs. That's what that wide receiver room in 2021 is going to end up being for, for people in the future, man. Like we're going to be 10 years from now and be, and we're going to say, man, they had Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Emeka Ibuka, all on the same roster at the Dude. same time. That's what's going to be, man. I may have just said 5,000-yard receivers in the NFL. Like, I may have just done that on one roster, which is just absolutely nutty. And you have to give all the – look, it, recruiting aside, because recruiting has been fantastic. I mean, Agmeca like like was a five-star, right? Like, Garrett Wilson was a five-star. Chris Olave was a four. Jackson Smith and Jigba was a four. Marvin Harrison Jr. were four-star recruits. Like, they're all high-end kids from a talent perspective. But what Brian Hartland has been able to teach those guys, because the best part of what Jackson Smith and Jigba is, is not athleticism, in my opinion. It's that he knows how to play the position as yes. well as anyone. Yes. Garrett, Garrett Wilson was incredibly talented. He could have settled on all his athletic traits, and he would have been a fantastic player. But you know what Garrett Wilson was? the most nuanced route runner in the 2022 NFL draft, in my opinion. Why, where does that come from? It's a, it's a feel of the game. It's from him, but it's from coaching, right? The ability to understand how to attack blind spots, to run routes, get in and out of breaks, good top ends on routes. like That stuff all comes back to coaching. So, yes, hat tip to Coach Hartline. He's done a tremendous job recruiting, developing, and getting the best out of a, a lot of talent that's in that room.
0: This episode is brought to you by billiards plus billiards plus has the best selection of pool tables game tables shuffleboard tables and more and the best service in central ohio billiards plus also can set you up with a brand new top of the line grill that will last for generations we all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time so when it comes to ordering that one big gift for someone you love Check out Billiards Plus and get there early this year. Billiards Plus carries the best selection of pool tables from Brunswick, Alhassen, Canada, Billiards, and more. Plus, top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and LaGriddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously, these grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive, in dublin check them out at billiards-plus.com billiards plus family owned and operated for generations ryan i got a couple things for you here we did it last week with cj stroud what is or what are some of the best fits for njigba you gave us the range where you think he's going to get drafted now what team or teams provide the best fit for him at the next level
1: I think the Chicago Bears are a really interesting one if they trade back because I think that one thing that you have now with D.J. Moore is that D.J. Moore actually is that guy that can play a little bit inside and out. So I think you can mix and match the ability to use him and Jackson Smith and Jigba and then Darnell Mooney can be more of your deep threat and then you still have Claypool. Like Chicago Bears I think are an interesting one if the trade back happens. I I think that for me like New Orleans Saints is an interesting one because you have Chris Olave that is more of like that outside stretcher, right? And then you could have a guy – like a like a Jack Smith and Jigba that plays inside. The Tennessee Titans are one that pops out to me because they're one of those teams that really off of play action. Like they need some guys that can create instant separation on short to intermediate crossers. Like they need those types of dudes. So Titans, Saints, I, I think the Bears. I the, the great thing about Jack Smith and Jigba is like everyone actually needs that type of player, right? Like no matter what offense you run, everyone needs that slot receiver that can create instant separation. That has become a best friend of any quarterback is the ability to get in and out of breaks and then create instant separation. So take your wide receiver DDT, man. I feel like they can they could use a guy like Jackson's Smith Jigba.
0: Last thing, Ryan, you are the director of recruiting for Irish Breakdown, doing all the stuff for covering Notre Dame for that wonderful, fantastic fan base. I will not talk trash about Notre Dame fans at all. My uncle is actually a Notre Dame fan. He talks trash about Ohio State fans, <laughs> but I'm gonna be a bigger guy here, uh kind of uh-huh. sarcastically, but No, I do like Notre Dame people, and um, I'm sure you were kind of following the Milan Graham recruitment, Um, knowing if Notre Dame could get him, if Notre Dame could not get him. We are literally recording this on the heels, um, his announcement that he committed to Ohio State, and I'm curious what you think about it. Myself, um, I will say a little biased, a little excited, Uh, an Ohio State fan, but also he's from my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. He goes to the same high school as my cousin, so... If I'm over, if I ever get time this season, i uh, maybe up there, um, trying to watch a game or two just to see like what kind of kid he is, um, what kind of player he is. I know he's a number, I think one recruiting database has him as a number three receiver in the recruiting yep. class. So you got Jeremiah Smith one, the third receiver is already committed to Ohio State, and I just love it. Like we talk about Brian Hartline, but these young guys know if you want to be to not just be a good receiver, but if you want to be developed into being a great college receiver be a really good NFL receiver, go to Ohio State. And yep. so I like what he brings to the table, a little versatility, a little um uh different ways to get to kill you on the football field. But you call, covering recruiting for Notre Dame, what do you see in Marlon Graham as a receiver? What is Ohio State getting?
1: I mean, he's dynamic, man. He's absolutely dynamic. He has straight line speed. He has the ability to win vertically. He has the ability to win after the catch. Like, he's a dynamic football player, man. He really is. I mean, his straight line speed and acceleration are the things that pop most when I watch Mylon on film. You know, Notre Dame recruited him for a little bit, but unfortunately it just wasn't a a fit that they could make happen. But Ohio State, I mean, they were always going to be tough, right? Like, I think that that one could have been an Ohio State-Notre Dame battle, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to – I'm not going to count out Ohio State to win any at any wide receiver, right? But I know that Notre Dame really liked Mylon Graham for a while there. Ohio State, I think, is getting one of the more physically gifted wide receivers in the class. Not the biggest kid in the world. I mean, he's about six foot, 175 pounds, maybe six foot and a half somewhere in that ballpark. But he's one of those kids that. Anytime he has the football in his hands, he can create a big play. Like he's that type of dude. So you'll see on film, man, like they just try to get the ball in his hands quick. And he just has that stupid acceleration ability to hit home runs. Great speed, acceleration. He's just a playmaker, man. Any, any way you can get the ball in his hands, he can make something happen with it. There's no doubt.
0: Ryan, love having you on. I love being able to get this in before you go on vacation and also before – um, we get too close to the draft. We, we have, literally, Ryan and I have uh, two more shows to record about this. Uh, three Buckeye offensive linemen in one show. Three Buckeye defenders in another show. And I just love having Ryan on the show. And um, you got a little bit of everything from Ryan today. Some of the draft stuff, some just really college football fan and appreciation for Brian Hartline and some of the recruiting stuff. Ryan's just a well all around guy. That's why I love having him on the show. That's enough being nice to Ryan. I really don't, I'm not <laughs> that nice to Ryan all the time. Um, let's cut that out really quickly. Um, Ryan, if you could, I'm, I got to stop joking around. If you could, Ryan, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and uh, catch up with all your scouting stuff going on right now as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's in draft season, riseanddraft.com and my handle is the same. It's rise, the letter N draft on Twitter. Uh, Follow me. I'll be having a lot of like cool tidbits. I think kind of leading up to the draft. I mean, on the site we have the the prospect database, the mock draft simulator. It it really is just more for people that just like to kind of learn more about these prospects and learn, you know, strategies that teams might be able to, you know, implement when draft day finally comes around. So check out the sites Rise and Draft on Twitter. I have some recruiting stuff out there. Obviously, I have a lot of NFL draft stuff. Come by and DMs are open, man. If anybody wants to talk ball, always. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to
0: jstevens317 at gmail.com. Love having Ryan on the show, and I'm going to poke fun, be nice to Ryan every now and then. I'm normally just taking shots all the time, but. I'm in a good mood. I know the weather outside is not frightful. It kind of is frightful. Not the snow kind of frightful, but there's literally a storm brewing outside my window as I speak. So um, it's kind of frightful. So I wanted to be a little positive today. I do enjoy Ryan coming on the show. I look forward to doing it once again. Um, The next show is planning on being about um paris johnson jr dewan jones luke Whippler, what they bring to the table in the national football league and um best fits for them i'll be more condensed got three guys in one show so we can't go as in depth as we have with stroud and in but trust me it'll be good stuff we'll get that recorded once ryan comes back from vacation ryan roberts thanks for coming on the show i really appreciate it
1: absolutely jay thank you as always man